Before we begin today's episode of Skincare School, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to Elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome back to another season of Skincare School. I'm Amy Clark and I'm joined by science educator, chemistry PhD and cosmetic chemist Michelle Wong, aka Lab Muffin Beauty Science. This week on Skincare School, some oils that you put on your skin can be used by your skin to create other components. Some of our favourite products have our least favourite scents, but it's that case of like, I'm doing it for the glow. But when you have pure coconut oil, there's a good chance it will clog your pores. And I think for all skin types, rosehip oil tends to be quite good. Face oils, it is actually a much more complex topic than I first thought. Oh yeah, that's another thing. If it's oxidized, it's actually not good for eating either, but it is very much not good for your skin. Face oils is the topic that we are going to be exploring today. Now, face oils can be a bit of like a misunderstood skincare category, I feel. Being a dry skin haver, I love the feeling of a face oil. Kind of just feels so luscious and comforting, especially in winter. But a lot of people are really scared of using a face oil, particularly if you are acne prone, you get a lot of breakouts, or if you have naturally oily skin. So today we wanted to break down exactly what face oils do, why you should or maybe shouldn't use them, the different types, as well as which one might be the best type for your skin. So let's get started, Michelle. First of all, I would love to know what's your personal feelings on face oils? Are you yay or nay? I think it is a yay or nay depending on your skin because I think it is a little bit tricky sometimes. So I have oily skin and I've always had a lot of success using face oils. But then you hear the traditional advice, which is if your skin is oily, you should always go for oil free. Otherwise, you're going to just end up with tons of clogged pores and breakouts. And I don't think that's true. I think it really depends on which oils you're using and how your skin responds to them. And that's really good news. I feel like there are a lot of these old school skin rules or skin myths that have been drummed into us, whether it's like the three-step routine or, you know, oily skin can't do this, dry skin can't do this. And oily skin and oils is one of those because I guess the rhetoric behind it is that if your skin already has lots of oil, if you put more oil on top, then it will make it oilier. Whereas in fact, and we discussed this in our skin types episode actually, way back in episode one, season one of Skincare School, that actually face oils can be helpful in either maintaining your skin's oil levels or helping to kind of either signal to produce more or less. So why would someone add a face oil into their routine? So I guess the most obvious reason is what you've already mentioned, which is if your skin is dry and you're not producing enough oil, then using a face oil can add extra oil to your skin. The other reason is actually because some oils that you put on your skin can be used by your skin to create other components. So one example is you've got this sort of oily stuff on your skin slash in your skin called ceramides. And these contribute to the integrity of the skin barrier. Now, if you have dry skin or if your skin barrier is just a bit compromised, sometimes this is because you have less ceramides or you might even just have the wrong mix of ceramides. And there's some studies that have found that if you put it on your skin, the right oils can be processed by your skin and shift the mix of ceramides to sort of give you a stronger barrier. And we'll go more into this a bit later, but 
they also found that putting the wrong oil could actually make it worse. So yeah, it can be a bit tricky. And I think this is one of the reasons why people have such different experiences with oils. There are just a lot of options. So I think this is an advanced sort of topic. There's other reasons too. So for example, if your skin barrier is already compromised, sometimes water-based products can sting more. So you might want to switch to a face oil for a while. Of course, it also feels really nice and you can do things like massage with it. So things like gua sha tools can be used with oils and yeah, it just kind of helps lube it up. In terms of the reasons why you wouldn't use an oil, obviously if your skin is already really oily then you might not need an oil and it might actually make you greasier and look really shiny. If your skin is really prone to clogged pores then you might want to be really careful about which sorts of oils you're putting on and again we'll go into this. I do think it can be done safely but you just have to be a little bit cautious. Same thing too about what feels good. So there's all those reasons and then some people will love the feeling of an oil. I know some people that actually really love using a face oil in the daytime or they might add a bit of oil to their foundation or they just really are craving that juicy, comforting, nourished feeling. Whereas others, the idea of, you know, they're like, mate, I've already got enough oil as it is by 11am. I don't need any more help in that department. Some people just like to use them at night and some people just hate the feeling of it. So some people just feel better with more of a moisturizing cream or a lotion. So part of it comes down to personal preference too. And I love how you said that this is kind of an advanced topic because I have to be honest, when I first saw this in the schedule, I was like, face oils? How are we going to talk about face oils for 20 minutes? But I had no idea that there was so much that actually goes into formulating oils and things that make them so different. So how are face oils formulated? Okay, so let's start with the really basic ones. So with the pure oils, I think the most boring, gung-ho, bland sort of oil is probably baby oil or mineral oil. This is like a petroleum derivative. It's very plain and it's extremely safe on skin. So it's used in tons and tons of medications and medicated creams and stuff like that. It's used for, I think, oiling chopping boards as well. But yeah, it's pretty boring. It's usually just the oil and then sometimes a bit of fragrance, sometimes a lot of fragrance. Yes. It is super stable and it lasts for decades, except for the fragrance maybe, but the actual oil, you can leave it in your cupboard for decades and I'm pretty sure it should still be fine. I have so many childhood memories of my mum doing like a big squirt of baby oil into the bath before we got in because it definitely leaves an oily residue on the skin but I've even since done that as an adult adding some to my bath just to like give my skin that feeling of almost like that lipid protection over the top but yeah it's (laughs) there are some that are very fragranced that's for sure is definitely a really good occlusive so it helps seal in the water into your skin and yeah That's why it's used for babies. It is so safe. Now, if we move on to more natural oils, which is, I think, what we tend to think is safer, but isn't necessarily the case. This is a lot like food, actually. So in food, we think of saturated and unsaturated fats and oils, and it's pretty much exactly the same in skincare. So with saturated oils or fats, these are relatively stable. They don't really react with oxygen as much, and they don't really oxidize much. And most of the time, they come as a solid. So this is stuff like coconut oil. Sometimes in skincare, you'll even see things like tallow and animal fats. So that's 
the saturated ones. But most of the time what we see are unsaturated oils, which are usually plant oils. And these are actually a lot less stable and they usually oxidize with oxygen and light. So they go rancid depending on the oil. It can happen in a few months. It can take a year. So this is where I think most of the trouble start because, yeah, these are a little bit finicky. So if we dive deeper into the unsaturated oils, which is usually where we end up, there's lots of words on the packaging. And yeah, we'll go through a few of these terms. So you might see the word cold pressed, and that is how they get the oil out of the plant. So they just squish it without using heat. There's also supercritical carbon dioxide extracted oils, which is common with things like rosehip oil. And this is like even less heat and less processing. So you end up with a product that hopefully isn't as oxidized already. And usually this will have more antioxidants in the oil. And these antioxidants can be beneficial for your skin. At the same time, they also do tend to have more of a smell. So sometimes it's like a kind of musty smell, which after you've used it a few times, I think you start to appreciate. But when you start off, it's a little bit weird. That's very common for skincare aficionados listening. You'll be familiar with some of our favorite products have our least favorite scents, but it's that case of like, I'm doing it for the glow or I'm doing it for the results and you kind of get used to and then almost become fond of some of these. Like I'm weirdly fond of some interesting smelling skincare products. The first thing that occurred to me when you were talking about, you know, those different methods of extracting I guess the oils so is it the case that the less you actually do to an oil the quote-unquote better it is for your skin or is there a bit of a balance here because there is some kind of elegance and sophistication needed to actually formulate the products well it really depends on the oil and what's in it so a lot of the time with things like rosehip oil most of the components in the oil are very safe and beneficial for your skin but then at the same time sometimes there'll be allergens in there. Sometimes there'll be really irritating things inside the oil. And that's where you kind of want more processing. So I think, yeah, it's one of those annoying answers again. It's complex. It depends. Love it. <laughs> I think if your skin is super sensitive, then maybe you might want to lean more towards the really clean oils, like the super processed things like mineral oil and other really bland oils. But if your skin is a bit more hardy, then you can definitely go for these cold pressed, really, I guess, raw, unprocessed oils that might have other benefits like antioxidants. A lot of celebrity skincare routines or things like this will include getting as pure and natural coconut oil from the jar and using it on your hair, on your body, on your face. What's actually the go there? Yeah, well, coconut oil is actually a really tricky one. If you look up comedogenicity ratings, which are these lists of things that clog pores, Coconut oil is quite high on those. And what that means is if you have a tiny bit of coconut oil in a product, it probably isn't a big problem. But when you have pure coconut oil, there's a good chance it will clog your pores. And I think this is a lot of the place where that sort of individual variation comes in. Because yeah, some people use coconut oil. It's amazing. They're acne prone and it's still amazing. But a lot of people do get clogged pores with it. So coconut oil, I think it's one of those things where you should proceed with caution. And interestingly, there is an ingredient which is kind of like purified coconut oil called fractionated coconut oil. And in ingredient lists, it's often called caprylic slash capric triglyceride. 
And a lot of people who do break out with coconut oil do not have a problem with this ingredient. And so, yeah, it's kind of like that thing we said earlier, where if something is really purified and processed, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And for a lot of people, having this very carefully processed coconut oil is better than having the pure stuff. And then you've got here oil blends. So what is that all about? So a lot of the time now when you go and buy facial oils, instead of just seeing like a pure oil, a lot of the time you'll see an oil blend. So it's like a face oil that's been formulated by mixing lots of different oils together, as well as maybe some oil-soluble actives. And that will have more benefits than a single oil alone. I guess you could really just blend the oil yourself. So you could go to a brand like The Ordinary and buy a bunch of oils and then blend them in your hand and put them on your face. But sometimes that just takes a bit too much thought. So you can also just go for something that's already formulated with a nice mix of oils that will work for your skin. And what about with the part about the oil soluble actives? I guess like what's the benefit of using say an antioxidant face oil or a vitamin C face oil versus a serum alternative? I don't know if there's really that much of a benefit because one of the things I do really like about serums and creams is that they actually have oil and water parts in them. So you can get both oil-soluble and water-soluble actives in the one product. Whereas when you have a face oil, then you're kind of limited because you can't put water-soluble things in there. You pretty much can only have oil-soluble. So the creams and serums usually have the best of both worlds. And the more effective, the stronger, the more well-rounded formulas, I think. But sometimes you want a face oil in your routine and you want extra actives. And so that's where I think having these facial oils can be useful. Also, sometimes if your skin gets irritated a lot and you can't really handle having that water because water does sometimes sting and whatever's in the water, the face oil can be a good alternative. But I think if you are going for a really basic routine, I would probably go for a serum over a facial oil. But if you're going more advanced, which is what we're doing this season, <laughs> facial oils can be a good option. Yeah, really great advice there. And now let's talk about where face oils go in your routine, because this is one of those contentious topics where, you know, both sides feel very passionately about when they apply the face oil. First of all, does anyone or any skin type need or could benefit from having an oil and a moisturizer in the routine? Or is it more one or the other? I think you can definitely use both in your routine and I would probably tell most people to use a moisturizer first because in a standard moisturizer you have the occlusive, the emollient and the humectants which are the three different types of moisturizers. You can get all three in the one product and that usually gives you like more well-rounded moisturizing. If you go for an oil, you generally won't have any humectants. You'll generally not even have that many occlusives unless you're going for something with mineral oil but you will get emollients, which are the ones that smooth out your skin, but they don't really help that much with water. So I think moisturizer is probably more of a must than an oil, but if your skin is lacking that oil, especially if you have dry skin, then facial oils can do a lot. And in terms of where you actually place the oil in a routine, so say you want to use a moisturizer and an oil, are there any rules about where it goes? Not really. So there is this idea that if you put on tons of oil, then it could potentially block the moisturizer from sinking in because that water does want to sink into the skin. But I don't think anyone really uses that much oil 
to the point where it can never sink in because the oils are usually emollients. So they will end up sinking into the skin and they don't block water very well. There's actually been a lot of attempts to try to make a product that does block water. This is usually in the context of people who are working with dangerous chemicals. And yeah, everyone's just failed at this miserably. Pretty much your skin just wants to break things up. And so, yeah, if you put oil on it, the moisturizer will eventually penetrate. So I think it's more of a preference thing. And I think a lot of people find that putting the layers on in a particular order will make a pill up, but if they swap them around, they don't pill. And so I think that's a big part. And yeah, if you're not sure about it, if you can't really decide which one's better, I'd say just mix them. Just mix the oil into your moisturizer and then you don't have to think about it. That's one of my favorite things to do and on the body too, because who can be bothered applying body moisturizer and then going over the top with an oil? No, I'm like straight out of the shower and into my pajamas. Either using a shower oil in the shower is one of my favorite things to do. Or if I am going to be, you know, investing in my body care, I will do that oil in cream. So good. So yeah, really it comes down to personal preference. You know, try it one way and then try it the next way and see which one works best. On to different face oils for different skin concerns or skin types. So let's break down so people can kind of match up which face oil they might personally like to try if they want to try one at all. So I think the only real rule, not even a rule, just the closest thing to a rule with face oils is to look at how much omega-9 versus how much omega-6. So omega-9 is called oleic acid, omega-6 is called linoleic acid. And in general, things with linoleic acid, which is omega-6, are better for skin. And this is that thing I was talking about before, we're shifting the ceramides towards a mix that supports a more intact skin barrier. So there's been some studies where they put different types of oil on people's skin, and it seems like the oleic oils, the ones with this omega-9, can disrupt your skin barrier and make it leakier. And so you lose more water and more irritants can get in. Now, I do know lots of people who do use oleic-rich oils and their skin is fine with it. So again, definitely not a rule, but I think it is safer to go with the linoleic. The other good thing about the linoleic-rich oils are that they tend to feel lighter and they're kind of like what's called a dry oil. So they don't leave as much shine. The downside is that they can feel a bit grippy, so you don't really have that sort of slidey, luxurious feeling that you might want if you have dry skin or if you're trying to massage with that oil. Another good thing about linoleic acid, like I said, there is a lot of good stuff about linoleic, is that it seems to clog pores less. So if you have more acne-prone skin and your skin is oilier, that should also be safer. So if you've been using an oleic-rich oil the whole time and your skin is happy with it, then it's probably fine. But if you're not sure or if you are having some problems, maybe look at linoleic. And so what are the actual names that people would recognize on the packaging? Because if someone goes and looks at the packaging of a face oil, it's not likely that they'll find those terms oleic or linoleic or even sometimes you'd find omega-6 or omega-9 or omega-3. But what are the keywords that we're looking for here? There are so many oils out there, so I highly recommend just like Googling whichever specific oil, but the common ones are with linoleic acid, rosehip oil, grapeseed oil, safflower, and evening primrose. With oleic acid, the ones that are maybe a bit riskier, this is stuff like olive oil, peanut oil, argan oil. Also, lots of cooking oils are enriched with oleic acid because it tends to be more stable and it lasts longer. So if you're getting an oil that's used for cooking, like maybe grapeseed oil, sometimes it'll actually have more oleic 
stomach acid, which, yeah, it's better for the cooking side, but it's not so good for skincare. So just be really careful with that. And with the oil blends, you probably don't need to avoid everything with oleic acid altogether because a lot of oils have different amounts of both. So if it's somewhere further down the ingredients list, then maybe you don't need to avoid, let's say, argan oil. But if it's higher up, then maybe be a bit cautious and proceed carefully, listen to how your skin is responding. And so let's rattle off a few for different skin types, I guess. So probably the most pertinent comparison is, you know, oils for a drier skin type versus oils for maybe an oilier or a combo or a blemish prone skin. So if you have dry skin, what are the kinds of oils that you would be looking at giving a go? With dry skin, I would probably recommend a blend that has a bit of evening primrose. That would be really nice. And I think for all skin types, rosehip oil tends to be quite good. Unless you're one of the unlucky people who break out with it, rosehip oil is just a really big thing. It's been big for, I think, over 10 years in Australia. We just love it. So it just tends to work really well for a lot of people. And then how about on the oilier side? Yeah, on the oilier side, again, rosehip oil. I probably just sound like I own a rosehip oil company at this point, but I do not. But yeah, with acne prone skin, that one's a really good one. We haven't really talked about essential oils yet. And yeah, we probably should. Essential oils are very different from these plant oils. Essential oils tend to be really concentrated and they don't really have more of these like oily components. They've got more of those antioxidants and those active components. And a lot of those are really irritating and allergenic at high concentrations. So do not put an essential oil straight on your skin. But a few of them do have beneficial properties. So tea tree oil is actually quite good for acne prone skin. There's been a few studies where it's been good for reducing acne bacteria. So you can definitely try that. The studies are really not that conclusive, but it does look beneficial if you dilute it. If you put it straight on your skin, you are probably going to burn the crap out of your skin. Ouch. Yep. I feel like I've been somewhere in that realm before back in my teenage years so to summarize where we're at with face oils it is actually a much more complex topic than I first thought so thank you for going through all of that and yeah it really comes down to trial and error if you have a friend who swears by one face oil doesn't mean it will necessarily work for your skin so you know always keep your own skin type skin concerns in mind And yeah, a bit of trial and error involved with the face oils. Sticking with the face oil theme, we have a question today. Someone who would like some advice on a type of oil to use for their particular skin type. I have acne prone skin, but I really love using a facial oil in my routine. Are there any types of oils that I should avoid for my skin type? So we covered what oils are great for that kind of acneic, blemish-prone skin. So Michelle, what are the ones that might not be suited to this skin type? But I'd love to know why as well. I think it is a bit of a myth that acne-prone skin can't use oil because there are oils that will work for acne-prone skin. I think it's just like a bit of a hangover from the old days where most oily products were really quite heavy. And so, yeah, you're kind of trying to avoid these heavier oils. So some of the ones that tend to clog people's pores, again, everyone is different. There are people who can use these and never clog up, even though their skin is rather clog prone. But coconut oil tends to be a bit of a problem because it is quite heavy and thick. 
anything with a lot of oleic acid. So this is things like olive oil and you should be able to feel it in the texture of the oil as well. So yeah, we mentioned before there's like oleic and linoleic. So maybe avoid the oleic, maybe go for the lighter linoleic ones. I was literally going to say, and I was thinking this in my mind, I was like, I don't even know if this is factually correct, but I wanted to say if you would cook with it usually, then it might not work for an acne prone skin type. Olive oil, coconut oil, I actually don't cook that often, Mm -hmm. but that's just what came to mind. That is actually quite true. Yeah, like if you fry with it, maybe maybe not great on the acne prone skin. (laughs) So there is this thing in nutrition, I think, which is where omega-3 is good and omega-6 is bad. It isn't entirely true, but it is like a bit of a trope, I guess, amongst Well, on social media, it is like a bit of a thing that a lot of people say. But when it comes to skincare, these omega oils are actually somewhat problematic. So omega-9, which is the lake, and omega-3, they're both really prone to oxidation, which means that, yeah, they're going rancid. And that oxidized oil tends to be bad for acne-prone skin. It tends to clog up pores. It tends to thicken. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. If it's oxidized, it's actually not good for eating either, but it is very much not good for your skin. And you can tell that it's oxidized if it smells rancid. And if you're not sure what that smells like, go to your kitchen, open up your olive oil and then smell around like the thread, like the screw cap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that off smell is not good. Good to know. Does the texture of the oil matter as well as the ingredient or is it more a case of certain types of oils have a certain type of texture? It's more about, yeah, certain types of oils have a certain type of texture and it's, yeah, it's not like a strict rule, but it is a general correlation that thicker oils do tend to clog up pores more. And yeah, again, it's not a complete rule because petroleum jelly, Vaseline, that is not actually that pore clogging on its own, even though it's so thick. But it's a general rule of thumb. You probably want to go for lighter textures. Yeah. And it's like trial and error. Mm. Like, what do you like the feeling of? Like this person says they love to use a facial oil. There's something really comforting Mm. and like nourishing about using a face oil in the evening especially one oil that I'm particularly obsessed with is jojoba oil like we were talking about earlier there are certain blends so a lot of oil blends might have jojoba oil in it can also just get it on its own but I love it because it's anti-inflammatory and antibacterial so that might be one as well that could be one to look at but yeah I just love it can't get enough of the stuff yeah just like anything else in skincare really the only reliable method of finding something that works is really trial and error. Unfortunately, skin is just complex. And if you have acne prone skin, a lot of the time you do have oily skin and whatever oil you put on your face, it is basically blending with your face oil. So that will be different for pretty much everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Skincare School. You'll find everything we spoke about referenced in the show notes. Got more skincare questions? Well, did you know that there's a whole team of experts and product specialists waiting to answer them on our Adore Beauty live chat? You can jump onto the adorebeauty.com.au website and chat to our team of real people in real time. And while you're there, tell us what you think, leave a review and a rating, and don't forget to tell everyone in your life about Skincare School. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe in your podcast app and you'll get a notification the second that our next episode drops. 